Today, we listen to a conversation I had with Arba Gazzari on the hot topic of natural language processing and its role within the off-talk or AI space. Arby's a data scientist of over 25 years, and we're going to go deep specifically on its use, NLP's use, and unlocking the potential within data problems and its role being used to solve impossible problems. Let's listen in. Well, thanks, Arby, for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I want to start with a, a real kind of basic question that some of us might think is basic, but we'd love to get your, your, your deep thoughts on is, is what is NLP or, or natural language processing has, as I've always been told it's called. So thank you, Chris, for uh, having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, so natural language processing or NLP, um, is a sub area of machine learning, uh, which itself is a branch of um, artificial intelligence. Uh, you might have heard about some of the applications are of uh, natural language processing, uh, language translation, speech recognition is a big one. I mean, these days you can talk to your devices, you can talk to your cell phone, you can talk to your car. So those are um, applications of natural language processing. And um, another big area in natural language processing is text analytics, uh, which I think is what makes it uh, in, uh, uh, a lot of businesses to uh, look at it as a uh, major technology to uh, uh, use and make better uh, business decisions. Um, and um, it's just one more, uh, tool in your toolbox to uh, improve your business to try to make better decisions. So I love how you brought uh, kind of the contextual framework of where NLP sits within uh, machine learning and AI. Now, if we think about each one of those has an innovation cycle, where does NLP fit into each innovation cycle within AI and, and ML? I think it's on the same continuum. Uh, these are all uh, part of your uh, toolkit for problem solving, and especially in the context of business. If you're in a business, uh, really what you want to do is to improve your business too. And to do that, you simply have to make better decisions. How do you make better decisions? And I think uh, one way to make better decisions is to look at your data and try to uh, extract insights from your data and then act on those insights. Um, and so if you look at uh, uh, traditional machine learning, and by that I mean uh, um, all branches of machine learning outside of NLP, uh, the idea behind uh, that is that you have some structured data. Uh, your data is sitting in tabular format in your uh, databases or your uh, files, and you have all these advanced algorithms that look at your data, and they tell you something that you, you didn't know about your business, and you use that as a competitive edge. You use that to make better decisions. Now, what NLP does is that it works with unstructured data, and when I say unstructured, uh, 
I have to clarify that. It's not, it's not that unstructured data is, doesn't have any structure. It doesn't have structure for a machine. So in natural language processing, we mostly deal with natural language, which is the spoken and written language. And of course, uh, natural language has a structure. Grammar is the, the structure of the language. If, if there was no structure, we wouldn't be able to make sense of um, our communication. So language has a structure, but it doesn't have a structure that could be understood by a machine, unlike um, uh, structured data. And so what natural language processing does, it's trying to make sense of unstructured data. So, uh, and um, I like to contrast this with the regular uh, process of designing uh, a business application. All businesses are using applications to you know, run their daily operations. And so when you design a software application for any business, you uh, design that application so it collects data and it processes the data. So that's by design. Uh, a lot of the activities that we do uh, is a side effect of our business processes or our communication. And it was, it, it's not intentional. So in my example of uh, designing a software application to support the business, that was intentional. You intentionally design a system to collect data. But over the years, we have generated so much data uh, without having any intention. So if you think about it, um, uh, you know, you go to a website and you review a product. Uh, you don't do that to generate data, but as a, a side effect of what you do, uh, we have data, companies collect data. And so you can think about a physician who uh, is about their day-to-day you know, um, activities, they examine, you know, patients, and then they record, you know, information about their patients. And so you put these things together, suddenly you have a lot of information in text format. So this is not by design. It's not information that um, fits into a database or a tabular format so that you can go and look at the structured data, maybe query the data, maybe run some algorithm, some analytics on the data. It's all text. And if you think about internet, the open web, uh, you have this giant web of text. So we generate a huge amount of text um, as part of our normal communication. And so the idea is, um, even though that was not by design, but we have generated and we are generating a huge amount of data and we should be able to use this data to derive insights and act on it just like the way we uh, do with our structured data. Uh, so when you think about it, you can use NLP to uh, make sense of um, unstructured data. And I can just give you um, a couple of quick examples of that. Imagine uh, you are uh, a major business. Uh, any major business receives thousands of pieces of communication um, every month. And so you have to 
understand those uh, communication. Maybe this is mail that's coming here. Maybe people are sending you email. Maybe people are calling your call center and uh, you know uh, asking for some information or complaining about something. So you receive text from uh, numerous sources and you have to make a decision on it. Um, well, if you are a large organization and you are receiving thousands of pieces of communication every single day, it's almost impossible for you to act on all those pieces of communication, everything that you receive. It would be really nice if you could design a, a, a machine learning system, in particular a natural language processing system that just like a human being would read every single one of these pieces of communication that comes into your organization, make sense of it, understand what the intent of the communication is and act on it. Uh, sometimes the machine is confident in understanding what the, the purpose of that communication is. And so you can completely automate that process. Uh, and so that's part of uh, business process automation. That's why NLP is such a big part of uh, business process automation today. Sometimes, the machine is not quite confident uh, in understanding what the, uh, the intent of that communication is, but what it can do is it can put it in a separate bucket so that it can be sent for review. So instead of uh, your, you know, your organization having to deal with thousands of pieces, uh, it's just gonna look at a smaller set of uh, that data. Uh, you can route your data to different people depending on, so, so basically the machine can actually read and understand a piece of text. And so it's the same technology that you would use, for example, to uh, analyze complaints that you receive. So people call your call centers and complain about your product or your services. And you want to sit back and see if there's a trend. Why are people suddenly uh, starting to complain about a product? But how would, you, how would you know that? How would you know what the topics of uh, these complaints are? It's for us human beings, it's easy to look at a piece of written text and make sense of it, we're good at it. But if I gave you thousands of pieces of communication or text, then you would be in trouble because you don't have the speed and capacity to process all that information, aggregate all that information, and eventually come up with an insight that would really help this business to make progress, to, to, to become a better business, to make better decisions. And so machines are really good at that. And NLP is the technology that makes it possible. So you're, you're a data scientist by, by many years of experience. And what's interesting is, is you had some really great examples there. Um, and some things I thought I wanted to key in on, like and unintentional data and intent. Um, my question regarding that is, is NLP has an implementing it. Is it something that is just kind of, I'm going to implement this as itself, or do we get even more power when we start to use that to enable other data techniques? I got to imagine NLP as a silo can do a lot of cool things, as you, you kind of described. Um, but then what happens when we use NLP as an enablement to other, right. uh, uh, you know, data solving solutions? What happens then? Right. So uh, 
So we talked about different areas of NLP, right? Uh, uh, one area of NLP is information extraction. And I think this is the part of NLP that is actually uh, enabling other data techniques, other algorithms, uh, in particular machine learning algorithms to start working on data that wouldn't be possible without NLP. So the way you, you, um, we should think about NLP is there is direct applications or use cases of NLP. And so basically in those cases, NLP itself uh, is the solution. Like in the examples that I had, complaints analytics or mailroom, uh, automation of mailroom operations, or um, I can give you hundreds of other examples. So those are direct applications or use cases of NLP, where NLP itself is making a contribution towards um, delivering insights to a business and making better decisions. But then when you think about information extraction, like I said, NLP is the, the, the part of machine learning that deals with unstructured data. And in machine learning, we have um, hundreds of algorithms that are really good at dealing with structured data, but not unstructured data. So what happens is that this area of natural language processing called information extraction, what it does is it takes uh, text unstructured data, text, and it converts it, it extracts information, um, converts it into structured data, stores it in nicely formatted tables and files, and then it can be, that's what you can use to feed all your other algorithms. Um, a good example of it would be electronic health records. If you think about it, um, uh, what happens with, um, EHR or electronic health record, you have physician and uh, nurses that basically as part of their daily activities, they create these records about patients. They check, you know, uh, the, the, uh, patients and they, they, they document their findings and uh, what they prescribed and, and, and how the patients reacted to the prescription. And so they collect information and they basically try different things and document these things in natural language. Again, the emphasis is on natural language. What they do, they're generating text. Um, and so now imagine you have these electronic records for hundreds and thousands of patients. Uh, initially, when you, as a physician, when you create it, is you're really concerned about this one patient and you want to uh, help this patient. So that's why you're tracking how that one patient is doing. But over time, you're accumulating data about thousands of patients in electronic digital format. Now, imagine if I could apply NLP to these electronic health records and I could extract information and I could make that unstructured data structure. Then I could look for patterns, which all these other machine learning algorithms are really good at. Um, I could look at patients with similar symptoms and I could look at the different treatments that, that, that were applied to these patients. And I could, from that, I could learn what works and what doesn't work. So in a way, you're actually helping with clinical research. You're helping to uh, discover new ways to uh, uh, treat patients in the future uh, because now you have a corpus, a body of text that can be analyzed. But I think the secret to it is that uh, you have NLP as an enabling technology that 
goes through text, extracts information. Again, this is the information extraction part of NLP. Um, it's reading text, it's making sense of it, it's actually telling you um, what the problem is with this patient, what was the medication uh, the patient went through, what are the lab test results. It's extracting all the different pieces and putting these into nice tables or files. And once you have structured data, uh, you basically opened up that data set to uh, uh, analysis by all these machine learning algorithms that you have in uh, machine learning and might not specifically be natural language processing. This could be just your uh, kind of regular machine learning uh, algorithms, but because now you have structured data, you can use all those algorithms and uh, uh, you know uh, discover something that uh, you didn't know before. So when we think about, and I think you started to get there, but when we think about really uh, wicked problems, as we at Clearprism call them, all those impossible problems that require uh, multi-dimensional and multi-faceted resources to come in, um, you know, that they're not just a single set, they're, they're the wicked problems. And, and it's something that we tackle all the time. When NLP is in your toolkit, how does it change or does it change the way you start to break apart or frame um, the problem and solution set? You know, having that has a, a resource in, in your ability to, to solve a business problem. Um, it, how does it impact the way you go about solving those problems then? Well, I think if you, if you think about the last 10, 20 years, uh, we've changed the way we're uh, solving problems. Uh, because solving problems uh, usually means making better decisions. You have to take the right decisions, take the right steps to solve the problem. And so past 10, 20 years, I think the focus has been on data, solving problems with data. Uh, now we have the computing power to do that. We've collected a lot of data. So the conditions are right. And so, and so I think the modern way of solving problems is solving problems using data. And so if you think about it, uh, when you try to solve a problem, oftentimes, uh, usually the first step you, 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 you have to, at the first step, you have to understand the requirements and then you go back to your data. And so how you are gonna solve your problem uh, is a function of what data you have available. So depending on what kind of data you have available, you, are, uh, you, 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 can, you can apply different types of algorithms and basically uh, tackle that problem. And so I think with NLP, what happens is that um, if you have text data, if you are trying to solve your problem and uh, you, know, you have to try different things, NLP gives you this ability to uh, basically start from text data and it's giving you one more option to tackle your problem. Uh, you know, it's, if, if you have text data, and again, uh, Sometimes it might, it might not even be your own data. It might be data that you can buy. It's, it might be data that's publicly available. 
But basically, if you have access to text data, that can give you an angle to basically look at your problem and try to solve your problem. So basically, um, data science is a very creative field. You listen to your clients talk about their problems. Um, you understand the business problem. And like I said, the modern way of solving a problem is solving problems using data. So basically, the next immediate step is uh, you should go back and look at your data, see what kind of data you have. And so as you look at your data sources uh, and you apply algorithms to your data sources, see what kind of insights you get. Uh, if you have text data, access to text data, it just allows you to apply natural language processing to solve your problem. So this is one other major tool to try to, an alternative tool to solve your problem. Um, or one thing you can do is uh, you can use natural language processing to convert your text data into structured data. And now you're opening up the rest of machine learning uh, uh, you know, to your solution and you can apply, uh, you know, uh, the rest of non-NLP machine learning to, uh, to come into play and kind of, so I think it's giving you um, another tool. And these are not really, uh, uh, if, you, if, if it, it, oftentimes you, you don't have to uh, use this or that. It's uh, most companies uh, we work for, they, uh, you know, apply natural language processing. At the same time, they apply um, other types of machine learning algorithms. And uh, in my mind, I don't make that distinction. To me, uh, here is a business that uh, needs to solve a problem. And I have this whole uh, toolbox of machine learning. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to try different things in that toolbox. And uh, one very powerful tool that I have in that toolbox is natural language processing, but it's really part of the same um, toolbox. And I want to make that this distinction between uh, when we talk about uh, machine learning, natural language processing, or different sub areas of machine learning versus data science. Data science is the unifying principles. So that's why in my mind, uh, the distinction between natural language processing and the rest of the machine learning is uh, just a technical uh, distinction at, at a scientific level. When we look at the science of making decisions using data or the science of solving problems using data, data science is the, it has all the unifying principles. So the principles that I use are defined by data science. Data science is telling me how I should go about solving a problem using data. It's telling me how I should build models. It's telling me how I should test my models, so on and so forth. So I get all the principles from data science and those principles are the same for um, NLP and other areas of machine learning. When it comes to the uh, technicality of the problem, the technical details of the problem, I might choose to apply um, a natural language processing algorithm and then combine it with a regular machine learning algorithm, uh, or it could be any combination. But basically, the process we follow to solve the problem using natural language processing is not different from 
any other uh, area of machine learning. So the principles are the same, the process is the same. It's just that natural language processing is giving us uh, more tools to deal with cases that uh, uh, especially are dealing with text or unstructured data. That was, that was great. A couple of things that really stuck out to me, and one is in your EHR example, uh, it sounds like you know the NLP aspect of all of this really gives you the ability to open up the data availability. Because a lot of times we'll hear clients will, will say, I don't have that kind of data. I don't have that level of data. When in actuality they do, it's just not in a structured way. And they're thinking in, in a very kind of uh, structured manner of the data exactly. that they can traditionally mine. The other one I'm hearing is data forgiveness, this ability to, to pre-take data that maybe they don't have the time, energy, or capacity to put in a structured way, or maybe they can't even think about it that way. And something like this allows them to be, uh, give data forgiveness and say, well, we can take that and put it in a way that then un opens up the possibilities of other algorithms to extract insights into. Exactly, Chris. You made a very good point. Sometimes the clients you know, tell us we don't have that kind of data. We actually say you do have that data. It's just, it takes a natural language processing, uh, uh, you know, process to, to kind of extract data that's buried in text. Uh, we can actually uncover that data for you. We can put it into nice tables and then you have the rest of machine learning uh, at your disposal to analyze your data. So in that sense, it's a very powerful technique. So taking this, this data toolkit, this, this, this machine learning toolkit that you've talked about, that's, that's based upon and underneath the principles of data science. And then when you go to someone who says, I've got an impossible problem, you know, and, and you say, I'm gonna open my toolkit and NLP or any other machine learning techniques I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring to bear. You know, what are ways that when you walk into someone who's kind of already started the process of thinking, I'm going to tackle this impossible problem. And then they bring you in. Is it too late then? Or is it never too late to bring in that kind of, you know, some people think like, well, I'm already down the road here. I don't want to bring in this artillery. Uh, but is that the right thinking there? I think it's never late. If you, if you think about uh, the data science process of solving a problem, uh, the process itself is an iterative process. Um, and so what that means is that we usually start from the requirements. We go back to data to see what kind of data we have and back and forth between requirements and data because sometimes you might not quite have the data. And so we have to, to change your requirement or we might apply NLP to uh, uh, kind of extract that data or we might go to open sources to, to get that data. So back and forth between requirements and data at some point we think we understand the problem and we have the data to solve the problem. We start the modeling process. So you build the model, you test the model, and then you repeat the cycle. You repeat the cycle many times. And so it's never late to uh, uh, kind of bring in uh, a new way of thinking into the cycle because um, it's, it's, it's a cyclic process by nature. Uh, you you do requirements, data, modeling, testing, and then back to requirements. And so 
it's 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 really never late. It's just that you try different things. It's a very experimental field, I have to say. It's not like you, um, and I think that's one of the major differences between um, uh, data science. The, the 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 process that we follow for data science, machine learning, and NLP is. Uh, uh, I would say it's more um, kind of similar to the scientific process of discovery rather than to uh, the regular software development process. And I think this is something that confuses people because at the end of the day, when we build that model that makes the predictions for you, that model is a piece of software. Uh, and, and so we had to develop that piece of software. But, but I think the process of getting to that model that's making good prediction, and even though that model is a piece of software, the process is less similar to software development and is more similar to uh, the process you would use for scientific discovery. Um, and, uh, but, it, but it's a cycle, it's a cycle that we do. And at any point in, in this cycle, you might change your data, you might change the algorithms that you are using. And even when you uh, decide on your algorithms, it, it, you know, algorithms have uh, quite a number of parameters that you have to fine tune to kind of make the algorithm work better. You have to adjust this algorithm to that specific data set. Uh, so you, you keep things changing. It's a very experimental field. And at some point you hit on the right model, right algorithm. And that's where you apply it to the real business problem and you're hoping that it's gonna uh, generate uh, good results for you. But it's never late to bring in uh, a new perspective, a new algorithm, new pieces of data uh, into the process. Things keep changing. All the pieces keep changing. The requirements, the data, the ideas, the, the data science uh, algorithms that you use. Everything changes in a cycle of requirements, data, algorithms, uh, algorithm development, testing, and then back to requirements. So, because that can be daunting for some for some people who are trying to tackle challenging problems, uh, you know, in their business, trying to make smarter, better decisions quicker. What does a typical engagement cycle look like then? Since it is it an iterative process, or are and or are you getting insights along the way that allow you to start making better decisions as you're going through that iterative process? So it starts with, the process starts with uh, uh, what we call requirements, but what it really means is that you set up meetings with the client so that they can explain what the problem is. And um, uh, once you feel you have a good understanding of the problem, you go back and look at your data, you think about data. Uh, data is at the center of everything in machine learning. You think about your data, you um, have to, look at what data is possible, uh, what data is uh, available to your client. And so uh, you take that into consideration and now you think about the algorithm. So you have to find out the right algorithms and uh, fine tune these algorithms and make predictions and test your predictions against uh, the real world, um, the ground truth. And once you feel confident with your algorithm, you can kind of uh, move forward. But I think the process of finding insights is, um, is happening along the way. It's not something that's delivered to you at the end of the process. 
So every cycle, you learn something. It might not be the final insight, but you learn something in this cycle and you apply it to the next cycle. And so we have, we have um, um, you know, when we look at data at the beginning of the process, uh, uh, we, uh, we call this EDA or exploratory data analysis. What this means is that we just spend some time looking at our client's data uh, because data is gonna dictate what kind of algorithms you can uh, use. And, and so we, we, we spend some time with the client trying to understand the requirements, trying to understand the problem. We spend some time doing EDA, exploratory data analysis. We look at what data is available and what does this data have structured? If not, can we apply a technique like NLP to make it structured? And, um, and, and, and once, we are, once we feel we have a good understanding of the data, that's where we move on to uh, the modeling process. And, but the insights are, I mean, along the way, we uh, change the path. So we, we, we might go into a different direction because at the end of the day, um, the goal is to solve the problem. And when you start the project, you really don't know what's the best way to solve your project. You have your high level goal, uh, which for most businesses that we work with is uh, basically improve their business. It, it could mean reducing costs or increasing revenue or increasing quality. It's one of those things, but how we're gonna solve it, it's a research problem. It's more like a research problem where you go through these cycles and along the way you deliver these insights. And some of those insights are related to uh, the process itself, you learn something from that process that tells you maybe you should go and find this type of data, or maybe you should try that type of algorithm, or maybe you should reframe the problem. Maybe you should change your requirement. And sometimes the insight that you get is, is the business insights. It's actually not about the process itself. You feel you've learned something from that data that's actionable that you can take to the real world and apply it and have a better business. Uh, but it's happening along the way. So, Arby, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, obviously, wealth of knowledge, and and we've just scratched the surface of the conversation. I know that we'll definitely have you back to to go deeper. But my last question then is is specifically around NLP. You know, is there still so much more that it can unlock for us? Um, is it just at the advent? Is, is it you know? Is it just at the beginning or are we seeing a bright future of NLP helping drive new successes? I think we've just uh, seen the tip of an iceberg. Um, I think most people would agree that machine learning is probably the fastest growing area of technology uh, and we could say science. And I think probably most people would agree that even within machine learning, NLP is the fastest growing area. Uh, the rate of progress in NLP is such that uh, the kind of technology, the kind of algorithms that we're working with today, uh, we, we didn't have those maybe a couple of years ago. And so every year we see a huge amount of progress in NLP. And I think what happens is that, um, 
uh, you know, uh, people are discovering more and more applications of NLPs and, and also in the kind of um, foundational research areas, people are coming with new ideas. And I think, I, I, I really don't think this is gonna stop anytime soon. Uh, I can just give you a quick example uh, of um, uh, why I think this is happening. I think the, if you think, think, think about the behind the scenes of NLP, uh, I mean, from a business point of view, uh, we are interested in NLP because it's allowing us to uh, do better business, do better decisions. But if uh, you are a data scientist, uh, if you're in my shoes, I see behind the scene of NLP and machine learning. And to me, NLP ideas are just beautiful. And if you think about it, the, the, the natural language processing, we found a way to uh, translate or map uh, spoken or written language into uh, numbers. So basically the basic structure that we deal with behind the scene, now I'm showing you a little bit of behind the scene of natural language processing um, in two minutes. So behind the scene, we've um, found a way to translate natural language, the, 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 the words in natural language and the sentences and paragraphs in natural language into numbers. And we call these vectors. Now, once you learn how to do that, once you translate a piece of text into numbers that might not make sense to you as a human being, but makes sense to a computer, and we call these vectors, now there is a sub area of machine, uh, mathematics called um, linear algebra that deals with uh, vectors. And it's been sitting there for hundreds of years. So what I think uh, natural language processing researchers uh, uh, did brilliantly is to connect natural language into vectors and then you have these hundreds of years of mathematics about vectors. Now, basically you can say, uh, uh, I can take natural language, I can convert it into vectors or numbers. And now I have a wealth of mathematics, hundreds of years of mathematics that I can apply to the structure. And so once you make that transition, you have the entire, an entire new world open to you. And I think that's how all these innovations are coming into play because over time people are discovering, uh, you know, new ways to apply these uh, kind of linear algebra concepts and mathematical concepts um, to uh, these vectors. And again, before you had that connection before, uh, and I think this has really happened over the past 10, 20 years. Before you had that connection, you were looking at language as a sequence of uh, text, basically. And so you, you, uh, you know, you knew, you knew there, was, there was grammar behind it. You, you knew, you know, uh, what each uh, token or uh, word, uh, what role each token or word is playing in that sentence. And you could do that kind of analysis. But once you take that sentence, the English language, the spoken or written language, once you convert it into a vector, uh, uh, which is a mathematical st uh, structure, now you've opened yourself up to 
hundreds of years of mathematics. And so we really, at this point, it's a very exciting point to be natural language processing because at any moment, someone can find a connection between something that we, we've, we've been doing for hundreds of years in, in, in uh, some branches of mathematics like linear algebra. And you could see the connection. And from that, you can come up with a new algorithm that would uh, deliver you new insights that you didn't have before. And so I think that's why the rate of progress in NLP is probably uh, 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 really fascinating. And I think that's why I think it's the fastest growing area in machine learning. And I think it's not an exaggeration to say it's the fastest growing area in all of engineering and science. Wow, that was a fantastic answer. Um, <laughs> I think that was an absolute uh, gold nugget of information there. Um, uh, Arby, it has been a fantastic uh, pleasure having you on here, learning from you. Um, I can't wait to have you back on and, and dig even deeper. Your knowledge is so fantastic. And, and this has been a great conversation. Just scratching the surface of what NLP can, can even do. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Chris. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Outro. I want to thank Arby for his time and thank you for listening. This has been Career Podcast. Be well. Thank you.